You're listening to Malka Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. Pertinence are punctuated and alhamdulillah fresh of the Ishazana. We welcome Sheikh Shreya Baida, who is a Medina University graduate, an alim, astute businessman, someone that is well-loved by many Muslim platforms or Islamic media. And here's he with us on his one of his favorite uh, pl- platforms, the Malka Sahaba, the voice of the Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah, Sheikh Shreya Maida, Assalamu Alaikum wa Rahmatullahi wa Barakatuh, and tell us how you're doing this fine, beautiful evening. Wa Alaikum Assalam wa Rahmatullahi wa Barakatuh to my beloved brother Shafat Ahmed Khan and all the listeners of Malka Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Allah is taking care of us. I mean, we cannot thank Him enough for being there for us, taking care of us and making sure that everything that we need is supplied to us. And yes, uh, all we have to do is just to try and acknowledge and accept that Allah is there and Allah is there to take care of us. You know, I was just talking to someone the other day to say, you know, look at this sometimes. You know, you piss off your parents or your father and your mother. Piss them off and then come back while you're still in that mode and say, Mommy, I want 200 rounds or 300 rounds or come to your father and, and say that and see the response. You know, you get nothing. But you piss off your creator, love who's smart, and you come back and start requesting and asking. You know, he might deny you if you want to, to pull your leg a little bit, but he might just give you as well. You know why in that situation where you are upset him, you've done something that is not right. So it shows that Allah is so merciful and his mercy supersedes his anger shaft. Yeah, well said that and Allah is Gafur Rahim, you know, is of forgiving, of merciful and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, Rahman or Rahim. And, uh, you know, this is it. Uh, Allah is more merciful to us uh, than, uh, you know, a mother that uh, suckles a baby. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created mercy in a hundred parts, uh, Sheikh Shweb Maida, a hundred parts. And out of that hundred parts, uh, 99 parts is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala there with him. And then there's only one fraction, one part in this dunya. So can you imagine uh, the mercy that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will have uh, for his creation on the day of Yomul Qiyamah, Ya Sheikh? No, no, definitely, Shah. There is going to be a lot of packages for mercy. But then, as, as again, you must remember that is the day where you have to uh, gain something for yourself out of your good deeds or uh, your uh, sincerity towards doing good work and uh, you're being kind to other human beings as well, being kind to yourself, love yourself enough to be able to love the next person. Definitely the mess of Allah is going to be superseded. You remember Anabi Sallam has been given only actually uh, uh, Shafa'at, uh, what we call, we call Shafa'at uh, access code, you know. We Anabi is going to come and intercede for us, you know. He's going to look for his Ummah, Ummati, Ummati, and inshallah. All that believe in Nabi Sallam, definitely they're going to follow him. And also there it gets tricky, you know, because we might think it's going to be Ummati and all of us will be running. And we'd be surprised some of us will be running in the different direction. Simply because we actually uh, stood up as the Ummah of Nabi Sallam, but our actions were contrary to what this Ummah stood for. So we have to stand for what this ummah is about, which is look for an easy way for us to Jannah, because our Nabi has mentioned, you know, everyone, every individual ummah goes to Jannah, except for the one that refuses to go to Jannah. Then the question was posed from the Sahabil Kiram. They said, Oh Nabi of Allah, who is 
is rejecting to go to Jannah. And our Nabi says, Man ani jannah. Whosoever obeys and practices upon my teachings, Jannah is going to be open for them. And whosoever goes against my teachings and my tradition, he is the one that is refusing to go to Jannah Shaf. No, absolutely, uh, Sheikh Shoei, by the and it's only by the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that uh, we will be given heaven and I uh, know we cannot be you know, it's too sure. Hey, I got it made. Check here. I got my exemption certificate. I'm going to go there. And it's only by the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we will make it. No matter how much good or, you know, whatever we did, we cannot be too sure. It's all left in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And as uh, Sheikh Shoei Maida said, uh, Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam will make shafa'at or the uh, ummah on the day of Yom Al-Qiyamah. He's the only uh, Nabi. He's the only prophet that will be given uh, that uh, uh, that uh, that privilege uh, to do that. Yes, uh, Sheikh Shui Baida, you know, we look around us and we look at uh, the dunya today and we talk about uh, different types of individuals on our show, the types of, uh, you know, uh, uh, personality they exude and how it can be uh, contrary to that of the sunnah of Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And then we talk about a boisterous person, someone, you know, who is noisy. Uh, sometimes they say he's lively and full of energy, but, you know, a boisterous person, uh, his day in the cloud is someone that will always be the one that makes the loudest noise or sometimes will be wild and unruly and disorderly and uh, you know these uh, types of people uh, some people will applaud them but generally that goes so contrary to the uh, you know the characteristics and the sunnah of Nabi Muhammad Wasallam. if a boisterous person is listening to you now Sheikh Shui Maida what would you be telling them? Now Shaf you must remember uh, I'll put this word that comes most of the time. They say empty tins makes a lot of noise. So in that concept as well, it does make a lot of sense to say. Uh, sometimes people that make too much noise, they want to be seen to be that to be that spiritual, they become nobodies. You know, you need to actually have a spiritual uh, kind of sense of belonging where you understand that uh, if you are a Muslim, this is how you should live. You know, uh, you remember when you recite uh, that Surah Luqman, you know, Nabi Sallam says, you know, you need to uh, be humble when you're walking, you know, and also make sure when you speak, you know, speak in a very soft manner. Don't be the loudest that talks, you know, like an empty tin. And uh, you must remember, he said, the waste of, uh, of the voices, like the braying of a donkey of an ass. So definitely we need to be uh, understanding our deen way it says and how it says and and how and how it actually instructs us to do things. So definitely if you don't do things right and making a lot of noise, remember you've been referred to a certain kind of animal that makes that kind of noise. But if you're actually very humble, you know, uh, and when you walk, actually, you humble yourself, understanding, as you know, no matter how big I think I am, how bang, bang I can trace on this earth, but there's no way that where I put my footstep, I'll see this earth opening up because of how strong I am. So that tells you that, Shav, we need to be very humble. And if you're in that category, you need to tone down, my brother, and you need to see and look to the Sunnah. Go read Surah Luqman first and understand what what Luqman was giving, what, what, what advice was Luqman giving to his child, which is generally an advice to all of us. So once you get that, Shav, definitely we understand how we have to carry ourselves. He said that uh, so well, the Sheikh Shoei Maida, that the worst of sound is the sound of a brain of an ass. And uh, secondly, I mean, uh, uh, before that, you, you spoke about uh, empty vessels. 
make uh, the loudest uh, loudest sound of Haldandesh and you know when you look at uh, this uh, person who's boisterous and you know you may call them they you know they 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 so uh, uh, you know synonymous with the people that are that have hot tempered or they're hot headed uh, irascible you know short tempered ill natured having an irritable and a uh, you know a very unpleasant uh, disposition and uh, you'll find them they're always like you know they're on the edge and they want to make things happen and you know they'll they'll, they'll try and uh, maybe you know this if you, you're talking about a boisterous person uh many will say yeah perhaps uh, the guy is a bit tipsy or under the influence of uh you know alcohol or some uh, evil spirit uh you know how <coughs> how would you react to that here yeah I see, Shaf, uh, it all makes quite a lot of sense. Sometimes you get these uh, boisterous people, the Akianda, in Ufris or something, where there's uh, alcohol, where there's uh, some addictive kind of drugs, you know, and uh, because of being indi- the indulgence into that, definitely it does not give them that balance. As you said, they're always on the edge. They want things to happen. So in this case, they do forget that it's only Allah who makes things happen. It's not you and I that makes things happen. So if it happens the way you want it to happen, say, Alhamdulillah, I did ask Allah, and Allah made it happen the way I wanted it to happen. And then if it does not happen the way you want it to happen, then you sit back and say, no, uh, it didn't happen, Allah didn't want it to happen, let me accept it. So that makes you uh, a humble and a good person because now you understand. But anything that has to be done, it really has to happen through the will of Allah doesn't will it will not happen you remember even uh, our quran teaches us about that you know always don't be boisterous you know thinking i'm it all you know i can do things tomorrow i'm going to do this after tomorrow i'm going to do this and i'm going to get this done you know you must remember as a muslim we have a limit of saying how we're going to do things as allah said to us don't ever stand up boisterously and says i'm going to do this tomorrow you know just like that but as muslims we must have faced Allah willing, I'm hoping to do this tomorrow. And if Allah doesn't will to happen, it will not happen. So your intention is there clear, but you leave it to Allah, the one that does it all. Who knows the seen and the unseen. So who knows what happens tomorrow? Remember, what happens tomorrow is unseen. We don't see that. Allah knows it. You know, we can say tomorrow we do ABCD and tonight a tsunami comes and takes us all out. Or this earth just swallows us all of us alive and tomorrow is never coming for us. So definitely we need to have our focus and our goals uh, in whatsoever we do, understanding that it only happened through the will of Allah. And definitely, you will never be aged if it doesn't happen the way you want it to happen because you knew at the first set to say, I'm doing, I want to do this, but that through the will of Allah, it will happen. If Allah doesn't will, it won't happen, Shaf. Now, well said there. And you know, when you look at this uh, term of being boisterous and, uh, you know, uh, making loud noise and uh, seeking uh, attention, uh, Whilst, you know, generally it may, it, it is definitely, uh, generally uh, it is uh, a, a very negative behavior and it, it uh, automatically doesn't come to people that are of, uh, uh, you know, good disposition or sober. A boisterous crowd could be described as good natured, especially, you know, in the West when uh, you have that all oh, and uh, you'll find this uh, guys are playing soccer and then they're telling the crowd, you know, get louder and do this. And it's a norm that is accepted uh, by uh, perhaps a Western standard. But according to Islamic, sta- uh, you know, the, the, the norms and uh, the sunnah that we are shown by Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa uh, we are not allowed to just scream and cheer and egg people on 
and waste uh, 90 minutes or 100 minutes or waste a whole day watching something and shouting at the top of our voice and becoming boisterous and, uh, you know, some uh, in, 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 in these types of arenas, uh, drinking every second, they're sipping in uh, these beers and this and that. And how unfortunate that uh, we find uh, that some of our people are in the midst of that crowd and behaving like them, uh, Sheikh Shoaib Maida, you know, especially uh, the youngsters that get caught into this scenario. How do we uh, remind them, you know, that you are actually doing yourself uh, injustice. You're doing yourself a disservice there, yeah, Sheikh? You know, definitely, Shaf, if you look at that, it's quite simple for us to an, uh, analyze that situation. When Allah says to us, you know, don't raise your voices above the voice of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He tells you, Shaf, what kind of people we're supposed to be, you know. We're supposed to be calm uh, people that don't have all that edginess where we want to scream and scream very loud. As you said, you see them uh, playing soccer and you find uh, the players playing soccer, I mean, inciting people to make too much uh, loud noise. So this tells you that, you know, this sport sometimes is actually associated with shaitan itself, because if there's no that loud noise, I mean, then it doesn't work. Imagine you go to a soccer field, a soccer stadium, and uh, soccer is being played, and it's quiet, 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 there's nothing. So that means there's no game there happening, you know, it's people like dead people. So that actually incites people to be lively, but this liveliness is not actually the one that is inclined to spirituality. It's lively that is inclined to the love of this dunya and which causes hurt and uh, hatred as well. Because you remember once this sporting activity is happening, the winning team becomes happier, the losing team becomes uglier. So it's a situation that creates hate and uh, unhappiness, you know, which we shouldn't be encouraging as Muslims. Muslims need to be involved in things that bring us together and actually enrage our calmness towards Allah Ta'ala and towards whatsoever we do. We don't scream anyhow, you know, just like everybody, how they do it, like the brain, you know, uh, donkey, you know, we speak, you know, with uh, actual humility so that when we speak to someone, they must understand that affectionate coming from that voice that is speaking out. I mean, that's what Islam is teaching us about. You know, that's why the deen came to all of us. Because as Habib Nabi Sosta, we're not screamers. We're be screaming, I'm coming here to give you your deen. No, very soft and very humble. They speak to you in a sense that not the next person wants to hear even what they're saying to you. Then you sit back and say, what did you just say? He said, I said there's only one Allah and the only ask him for help, and he's the one that gives help, nobody else. He said, yes, makes a lot of sense. You know, like, you're speaking to someone where <clears throat> they're not feeling humiliated because somebody can hear the conversation. That's how Islam teaches us. But not when you're speaking to one person now here, let's say you live in a complex shaft, the whole complex understands Sheikh Maida is talking to somebody there, not in a good way, in a rough way. I mean, that's not what Islam is teaching us. So we need to come back to terms to say our livelihood and our likeliness as Muslims is to speak the voice that does not go above the voice of Nabi Sallallahu So that's how humble and soft we should be as Muslims. Yeah, and then, we, you know, we, we find uh, that youngsters uh, today, uh, for a young child, I mean, you do a lot of motivational talks and, uh, you know, you, 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 uh, uh, are someone that, that's well known for that. And uh, for example, uh, let's do a case here, Sheikh Shuaib If you find a young boy or a young lad, uh, you know, who is uh, who is so boisterous and, uh, you know, uh, that he loses his school and he makes a fool of himself. You know, how will you help out uh, this kid or this child after you, you know, when you find him getting into this tantrum? Also, you find uh, children today as young as three or four years old. As uh, you know, as soon as they got a uh, a game going in their hands, you know, on on the phone, and should the Wi-Fi go out, uh, have you seen how 
they um, you know blow a fuse, uh, become boisterous, and uh, there's a tantrum coming up. How do we do this uh, with kids like this, uh, Sheikh Shoaib Maida, perhaps uh, from uh, your point of view? I see, definitely, Shab, you find these things happening, and you find the child is in that rage at that moment. You don't stop it at the very moment. You just wait a little bit, let them come calm down, because the first thing is for you to get your message across. And the moment the person is actually agitated and actually the feeling uncomfortable around themselves first, you will never be able to make them comfortable at that moment. So you leave them or give them something that calms them down, give them water also, a little bit of moral support to say, okay, I understand what is happening is not good to happen to you. So let's just sit here, just calm down, things will come right. Then once you see once the tempers are coming down, then you start now explaining. So, you know, Islamic teaches us that, you know, anger comes from shaitan. So at that moment when you get angry, your mind goes off completely. You can do things that you're going to regret a lifelong. You know, like in that very moment, because you're so angry, so agitated, you could have even easily broken down your phone that you're using because Wi-Fi has gone down, you know, because you're agitated. But now since you come down, you understand these network things, they don't work, you know, clockwise properly. They wake and they'll go down, they'll wake, they'll go down. So you know, as a Muslim, you have to be calm at all the time. So don't let this rage, uh, you actually your temper, just let them be one of those things that you're doing, not because it's part of life, of your life, but it's something that you use it sometime to support you doing what you're doing, but not make it to say, this is my life. If I don't have Wi-Fi, I'm dead. Then you have a problem because you don't have Wi-Fi, you're dead. But Allah is there already. That has created you before this Wi-Fi is coming. Before you knew this Wi-Fi, Allah created you. So the main focus you should be having is the one that created you. This creation from human beings, never trust it because you can never trust a human being. Today I can be a good friend to you. Tomorrow I can stab you in the back. That's how it works. So look at there now. Which one should we trust? This network that goes down because of load shading or Allah that is still there? Where there's load shading, when it takes three days, Allah is still there. So so, you know, that way you put in the person the way they understand and speak in the language that's very soft, sweet and direct to the point at the same time and make sure you do not offend the person, but speak in a voice that is very affirmative that the person will understand that what you're talking about is ABC. And even you can ask, you can ask a question. Uh, if we understood each other, what I've said, is there any questions you'd like to know or is there anything you'd like to add of what I've said of, of your experiences where you can share then we see how we can put this together. Then you see in that way, they will come down towards you and come to understand you're a friend and once you become a friend now you start dictating uh, the terms and once you're allowed to dictate those terms so dictate based on the sunnah and based on the quran and the sunnah because that's only right right track you can give somebody you can put somebody's mind at ease they will enjoy their life they will enjoy being a good person chef yes sir uh, and also you know you talk about uh, our ch- children unfortunately the type of uh, you know uh, propaganda that comes through media and the type of programming that comes uh, is making children very impatient. Is teaching them to be aggressive. Uh, it's taking away that empathy, the sympathy, taking away the mannerism or of a, you know good manner. It's been taken away. It's uh, teaching them to back chat to the elders or try to uh, you know act like they know more than the elders. And uh, for us, uh, you know, it is very important, perhaps as uh, you know teachers or leaders or as parents at home. Uh, to uh, perhaps give them stories uh, that will teach them to have empathy, uh, to uh, to have sympathy. You know, talk about Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, how he grew up. I mean, we know his whole story is like an open book for us and how he was orphaned at a young age and how he went with his, uh, you know, his uncle uh, on, on, on a caravan and how he did business and so forth and how he t- uh, tended to the flock. And 
you know, you can keep the child or, you know, the youngsters busy with the, the seerah of Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, which will definitely soften their hearts also. And perhaps I'll be missing something here where we're allowing our children to be programmed and to be ushered to the world in a manner that is so against the the, the, the sunnah of, of, of Islam and the sunnah of Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Ya Sheikh. Hello, definitely. You know, Ashab, if you lose your responsibility as a parent to your children, definitely you're opening a door for another parent to take in. And unfortunately, in today's time, we've created those new parents that come and nature our children, which is firstly becomes the TV. You know, the TV becomes the grooming ground for the child where actually they watch uh, cartoons, they see those back chatting things. And now today, every cartoon, they've even uh, got uh, age restriction for the cartoon. And now, if you leave your children on and off to watch, to watch that, they won't be looking at that age restriction. They will start learning all the sweet language that comes from the cartoon, which is swearing words. And then you come back home, they'll keep quiet. But one day, you just say, in front of the visitors actually start swearing and you sit back and say yeah Allah how did this happen to me what wrong did I do yes you did a lot of wrong you know you haven't given your child enough time to spend to, to, to talk to you so that you understand what they're going through at school you know life has changed dramatically from where we were in that time shaft where we didn't have too much homework most of the time we have in the evening was to spend time with the families our parents our brothers and sisters not too much homework today the child goes to school they got work to do they come home with homework only so thereafter we got no time we start pushing them away from us no go do your homework you don't come by me do your homework and you know they need our help to do that we're not helping them definitely we're creating a kind of environment that they grow up knowing when the children are born as well push them to homework because there's no time to give them so if we start giving back that valuable time to our children chef, even when they have a homework give them half an hour before they start homework talk to them how was school today what happened who was bullying you at school did anybody bully you did they say anything how are the teachers are you enjoying what the teachers are teaching you you know that way you pick up from a child what they're getting from school and at the same time you understand what difficulties the children are going through at school so if you have that supportive figure to them you know and actually be able to support them and say no don't worry things will happen slowly slowly and not make it easier for you and you understand things then sharp it becomes easy and it becomes good you know you've seen things happening again an example where children are hanging themselves up for failing exams at school what is the reason for hanging themselves because the parents are so strict you know i'm paying so much of money for you to go and study and you just failed me you know you're an embarrassment to me and i mean how did i waste so much of money paying for school once you do that to the child shaft the self-esteem of that child is destroyed completely and the purpose for the child to be leaving is hanging in the balance because i'm useless you know i'm only spending my parents money paying for something i cannot get something out of it which will make them happy so if you do that definitely you're pushing your children to the age if they start back chatting start doing wrong is simply because we've actually contributed towards that child so we need to be having our children accommodate them you know failure is not actually uh, is not a recipe to disaster, to disaster. You know, failure is a stepping ladder towards success. So allow them, if they can fail, encourage them. You know, it happens. You have to fail sometimes in order to get where you are. So you support it. Make sure you work very hard this time. Do you need anything? We'll try and get maybe some tuition for you to support you so that next time you do better. But, but we love you. Whether you failed, whether you passed, we love you. And that way you're giving the children enough encouragement and enough love and enough support. And they know that what they're doing, I've got 
my backing or my parents and that way anything goes wrong they'll still come and talk to you for you to understand where the issues and you must be a parent enough to assist them and guide them through uh going these phases of life because we need to be there and no two ways about each other the maid cannot do what you can do for a child you can do better than what anybody can do for a child child for that, uh, and also, you know, I think uh, the, the important thing to remember is that, that we plug our, our children into the system. We plug them in. We allow them because we buy uh, these uh, equipment for them. We allow them to go there. We don't even have, uh, you know, checks and all these things. We don't even check up. Uh, as you said, if you, I mean, it's so important for the family uh, to even eat meals together, to sit down and, uh, you know, mother and father talk to the children, irrespective of that age. And perhaps in, 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 in these times, we need to say, right, it's a cutoff time now. Put your phones away. Put this as a family time. Let's sit and talk and uh, bring in all the issues and thrash it out. But especially unplugging young children from the system, you know, uh, there's, a, there's a way to de- uh, deal with that. You would have to teach them, you know, all these uh, early on we said we have to uh, teach them how to calm down and then we should uh, operate a zero tolerance policy. I uh, know we can't be tolerant if you're going to have, uh, we'll give you uh, a chance. But you better work through with your tantrums. We, 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 we don't allow it. It's not a part of our family, uh, you know, uh, heritage of doing things like this. And to motivate the child to be, you know, an asset to the family. And not only the family, to be an asset to the deen. And, uh, you know, show them analogies. This is uh, the way of the kuffar. This is not the, uh, the, the, the way of the, be, uh, of the believers and so forth. And I think, uh, you know, that type of scenario needs to be implemented as ASAP, Yashek. You know, Shaf, I love your first point on there, to say, you know, we need to have some kind of cut of time when it comes to these technologies around us. Shaf, it's exactly what we need in our families. You know, this technology has brought, has brought a lot of mischief into our families, into our children, into everybody's way. You know, uh, what the children can see one day, you don't have eyes 24 hours to be monitoring. So instead of getting the children in with us, so we have time with them, we have isolated them more from us and give them that technology and put Wi-Fi for them. What they're seeing there, you don't know. And, you know, with those touch screen, you know, they can be looking at something. You just put your foot, they change the screen there and put something else that you can see if you, everything is okay. But, but you don't know what they're checking in. So we need to be very careful when it comes to this stuff, as you said, have that cut of time. Then in that cut of time, describe, discuss about this technology, what good it has for us as uh, the new generations now, and what are the bad effects that we can learn from there. You know, what are the evils that come to the technology? So when we explain this to our children, make them understand all this, Shaf, it becomes an easy and smooth ride of the family in the sense you understand each other and you know come half past seven let's seven o'clock in the evening it's time where we cut off the phones if we have to go to the masjid for salah we go together take our children go eat salah come sit down have a meal together have a chat for the day what did you do today what did you benefit from school today and what do you want to do tomorrow at school inshallah you know we talk about these things and see you know are we what you got today you got five a's uh, what what do, how much do you want to get tomorrow if we have this together chef and chef, sit with the children and guide them through life in the sense that is right then it becomes right as you said we must have as well that uh, zero tolerance is our children you know if you want them to to be right we need to actually implement certain kind of system in them yes at the beginning we have to allow it uh, to allow them to bend rules they're still children you know you know they cannot be others they're still children they have to bend rules somewhere and still you must guide them to say that's not right you did it i don't want you to do that again so
to say, I want my child, when they grow up, there must know A, B, C, D, and D, and they mustn't deviate. If they deviate, it's not because they're not taught, it's because of their own, of their own self. But as a parent, I tried to streamline them, and I took zero tolerance to teach them what is right, and I made sure Salah is read, whether they like it or not, Salah is read in the house, and that shaft makes the children grow up and understanding what it is. You know, unlike you neglect them, and one day you ask them, did you read Salah? They ask you, what kind of, uh, uh, is it a fruit, or is it, uh, is it a food, or is it a kind of car that is called Salah? Because they don't know what you're talking about, and it's a reality. But take them while they're still young. Show them, they must see what is happening. That's how the deen is all about. Once they grow up learning that, look at uh, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi and uh, his uh, and Hassan and Hussein, you know, they were jumping on him while he's reading, Salah, jumping on his shoulders, one pulling his kurta, one pulling the, uh, the top of one side, just like that, having fun. But what happened after that? It wasn't as fun as it was only, but it was fun of learning how to do things. And when they grew up, they understood already what to be done, simply because they allowed that window and that opportunity to learn. So if we don't allow our kids to learn while seeing us doing those actions, definitely it's a recipe for disaster, but I know we are good, responsible Muslims, and we're doing that with our children. And let's continue and maintain that kind of setup, inshallah, because we want tomorrow to leave the kids that when we're gone, they must stand up and make to us say, Ya Allah, bless my father where he's fill his cupboard with nur. Ya Allah, if he had any shortcomings, forgive him and make his cupboard among us the places that are beautiful in Jannah. Definitely, Allah is going to accept that dua, Absolutely, uh, you know, Sheikh Shemaida. I mean, uh, to all uh, what you have said there. And, uh, you know, really enjoyed your, your company uh, this evening on uh, pertinence uh, punctuated. Perhaps your parting words uh, before we let you go. Shaf, definitely let's try and be good. Uh, as you said towards the end, Shaf, uh, you know, have cut off time for things, streamline our children, and also make sure there's zero tolerance when it comes to important and essential things. That way, inshallah, we raise a nation that understands its values, and that's what we need, inshallah. Inshallah, Ya Sheikh, uh, you have a blessed and a beautiful evening ahead. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Yes, uh, time for us to go for a break. When you get back, it will be Morana Salim Karim uh, joining us.